You're listening to your wrestling podcast fix. New weekly episodes of Inziguri on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. I'm sorry, the number you have reached has been disconnected. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what's up, dude? Hey, what's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? How you doing, bro? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> so, what's going on? Nothing much. I want to talk about your past and and your future, man. Um, you start like back in the day. You started off as Mark Smart. How did you change that name to ECWA to your regular name? Oh, we're jumping right into it. Oh First yeah, we're just jumping right everybody. in. Hold on. Before we jump into it, I'm gonna say hi to everybody. Let's find out who's all there. Oh, we you gotta do that. We can Let's do that. Some introductions, maybe. Did okay. you give me a big introduction, or did you just start? No, we this? didn't do that yet. We're gonna do that later. Well, oh, oh, you do the pre-tapes. See, it's like wrestling. They do pre-tapes. So yeah, okay, I get it. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, just in case you mess up the introduction, I don't get to hear the pre-tape. Like when, when you give me the, I'm just gonna say, uh, it's Brian Socia from the Socia Network, and I'm honored. Uh, it's just a pleasure to be on the show with you guys, and I want to meet everybody. Let's go around here. Uh, let's do roll call. I said who I am. Let's go. <laughs> you got JCL. Hey, how's it going? What's up, buddy? How are you? Doing good. Who's your favorite wrestler? All time or currently? All time. Stone Cold. It be Hulk Hogan. Okay. And when I ask you, one of your favorites. Okay. It's very hard for me to narrow it down to a favorite. Who's next? Who else is there? <laughs> nah, it's friend. What's going on, man? What's going on? Who's your favorite wrestler, man? Steve Austin. <laughs> like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stunning Steve Austin, Superstar Steve Austin. Who are we talking here? Stunning Steve Austin. He was the reason why I started watching wrestling. Are you kidding me? Back with the Hollywood Blondes. Oh, I love it, man. Hey, I loved Stunning Steve Austin at WCW. Lo- absolutely loved him. Uh, I loved him with Brian Pillman. I'm a huge fan of Brian Pillman. And the Hollywood Blondes were so amazing. I loved Austin's w- WCW work. Excuse me, his global work was great. His ECW work. Austin is just such a talent and you know I, I'm proud to say there's there's people and I, I can I have his own record that I can say I said that guy's going to be a star and he, you know it's nice to be able to predict that and watch somebody's career and he, he deserved it I'm a huge fan of Steve Austin and it's cool that if you like him it's Stone Cold but as Stunning Steve it was just cool to watch him you know develop he's all even the ringmaster was fun for maybe like a second <laughs> JCL it'll be okay it's okay <laughs> right, what else do we have going on here? who else is there I'm TV Richards Oh, I know that. And who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, you know who it is. It's Bret Hart. The, the Hitman. I was going to oh, say, yes. I didn't give an oh. picture of the Hitman. I just right. Yeah, I have a bunch of his now. Well, but, I'm a big fan of Bret Hart, too. So, like, I don't know, man. I was a Michaels guy, but uh, I, 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 I love Bret Hart still. I thought you were a Marty Jannetty kind of guy. What'd, what'd you say? I thought you were a Marty Jannetty kind of guy. Well, that was going to be my my next thing. I, yeah, I mean, I like Michaels, but Jannetty's probably one of my all-time favorites. I think that he was... Uh, in the Rockers, I think Gennetti was, uh, I would say, at that time, he was just as talented, if not more talented than Michaels. I'd even say, you remember when he came back to go against Kurt Angle on SmackDown? Yes. That was that match was amazing. That match was, it was incredible. Like, you had a, he made you think that he might win for a second. He's amazing. I mean, Marty, Marty was a, a great, I think it was just the anniversary of uh, the barbershop, too. Yeah, it was. I oh. knew he was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Jeanette tried to jump out the window to get away from him. 
There, yeah, there was a lot of people. Do you remember? Do you remember when Sid destroyed the barber shop? Oh my god! And, and, and the he, had, he had like cream? shampoo on his nose oh, yes. or shaving cream, and he was yeah. screaming at the camera like a lunatic. It was good times. All right, I'm getting us off track here, so let's continue. Where, where do we want to start? You want to ask about Mark Smart? I want to talk about Mark Smart when you started off as Mark Smart. So you want to know about the king of captivation, the new sensation that was rocking the nation, the best wrestler in any federation, all that in a bag of chips. No, 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 no. He's the whole damn party mix. Mark Smart, that's who you want to know about. Oh, man. Where did you, like, the, the, where did the natural, you originally... The natural blonde killer. Where did you originally think of the idea of the name, though? Because uh, JCL over here loves the name. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like the name. So here, here's the deal. Uh, so when I first... Just got involved, man. I always loved wrestling. Loved it. I mean, my whole life, I don't remember not loving it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started like, yeah, I wanted, we all want to be wrestlers, right? I wanted to be a wrestler really bad. And, um, you know, of course, we have the backyard stuff. And I'm not talking about like light tubes and stuff. I'm talking about kids having fun, you know, being creative. None of the, I mean, the little, little stupid things here and there, you know, yeah. we, were, we were definitely influenced by UCW growing up in the Philadelphia area. But uh, it was nothing crazy. It was just us having fun. We had like a mat like a tumbling mat. We used to just wrestle on there, have entrances. It was awesome. And then I found out these guys in the next town over were doing another type of wrestling. They had built a ring. And uh, there I met all these other guys that were equally as interested as I was in wrestling, which was crazy because it was a hard thing to find back then. I mean, the internet was kind of newer, so you couldn't meet people that way. You know, you'd meet them at shows maybe and get a phone number or something. So I find out there in the next town they have a ring built they built a ring, and this ring was better than some of the independent rings I wrestled in. Seriously, they did a great job building it. And they would draw all these people in their backyard. They would draw for shows. So I started talking to all these guys, and I got involved with them. When I got involved with them, there's a ring announcer. His name was Kevin. And Kevin, I think, I believe, I believe it was Kevin that might have come up with the concept or the idea for it. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think so. Yeah. Dave, do you know that by any chance? I don't remember. Um, I think it was... It could have been Hook. I'm not totally sure. I, I think it, it might have been. It might have been Vandal. It might have been Hook. I, I don't remember who it was. I think somebody came up with it. It somehow got suggested. I, I might be wrong, but I know it got suggested to me. I'm like, that's a really good idea. And then we started to run with the concept. And Mark Smart was actually a couple different things throughout uh, the time I was Mark Smart. Like I was a tag. Once I stopped with uh, ICW, I started doing other shows, and I was like a tag team wrestler. Uh, with Greg Spitz, my man Greg, uh, we're called the Well Hung Warriors. We worked a lot. Uh, so, and Mark Smart did. He was, I was OCD Mark Smart. It was supposed to be like a gimmick where I had uh, OCD everything. I was afraid to touch anything, and like, it was, but, but I thought it stood for one cool dude, and I was like a heel. <laughs> but I think that the Well Hung Warrior Mark Smart is the one I would be best uh, remembered for if you're talking about Mark Smart. So, yeah. fun time. So I got the name, and originally, actually, the Mark Smart gimmick, I think, originally was going to be uh, combining being a Mark and being a Smart. Like, you come out to like, and you hit, like, Mark moves, or maybe come out to, a, I don't know, like a Stone Cold theme song, and then you get in the ring, and you whip out some, like, New Japan crazy stuff. So you mix it, but we never, it never ended up going down that road. I, rem- I remember, um, I remember you were thinking about doing that, too, at some point, like, being the whole Mark thing, and. Somebody, yeah, somebody I, I, turned I, I, that down. God, I'm sorry. I thought somebody turned that down. They didn't like the idea. No, I think there's another Mark Smart too. I think after I started with it, there's another guy. Um, I think he's like a manager or something. But I definitely had the, the name first. He was, I think he was wrestling for maybe Gino Caruso, ECPW or something. I think. 
Okay. Uh, I, ne- I never met him. I, I think someone told me, and I think uh, I saw a name or something, but completely different people. I, I, Mark Smart, the Wild Warriors, definitely a fun time. We were wrestling every weekend. We were we were going all over the place. Uh, we had some great matches against some, like, known teams. Uh, I get to work with guys that ended up being WWE. You know, I get to work with guys that had great indie careers. I get to work with and see some of the guys when they first came in the business. It, it was a fun time. That, that was when I, I was young, too. I was, like, 17 when I started. Yeah. Uh, about my age. So, yeah. Um, where where did they change? Why did they change your name from Mark Smart to your original name, Brian Sosha? When... Oh, it wasn't. I mean, they quote unquote didn't really change my name. They being I guess ECWA, and I want to point out that uh, this was Jim Ketner's ECWA when Jim Ketner owned it. Who it's a very prestigious place to work. I was honored to work there for as long as I did and have the run that we had there. That was the Chick Magnets. Yes, um, with Mike Tobin I, and Mozart. Yeah. So. Um, I'd known Mozart, never met Mike Tobin in my life, and uh, I'd been trying to get in with Jim, and I, I went to shows to watch Jim when I was younger. Uh, he, he promoted ECWA back then, was awesome, um, and we watched, 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 and my friend Bax, Billy Bax, he was in there, he got in before I did, Thanks and then, you know, Rob Echoes was there, Robbie E, wherever he goes by now, he was there. And I had all these people at Mozart. I, I, you know, I knew people that were there, and from hanging around, I would know them. So it was a good trip to the locker room, I think. But uh, the Chick Magnus thing came about where we were just trying to think of something. I had talked to uh, some people about some ideas, and they came up with the Chick Magnus. I went out got some bow ties, like Chip and Dale, some Chip and Dale dancers, three of us. And the reason, you know, I used to have tights that said Chicks Dig Me. Well, they, they always said Chicks Dig Me on my butt. But I had tights on Smart Smart that had MS on my knee pads. And so I didn't have to get new tights when I went to ECWI. I was just going to call myself like Mark Sosha instead <laughs> of buy new tights. So, but I, I don't think that they wanted, um, they didn't want the well hung. I was told one time that uh, they really didn't want the well hung warriors. That was one of the things that kept me from getting in there for a while because you know Jim used to run a pretty family friendly show and they didn't want to think like the well hung warriors on well we think it's funny you know if there's a kid i get it yeah and that was one thing so i think that was part of it i think he you know i was known as mark smart i'd carve that niche out but i think he wanted something different or something new and it was i'm kind of glad i did because it was a it was like a rebirth for me and you know i was still the king of captivation brian Sosha, the trick magnet brian Sosha, whatever we call ourselves and uh working for ketner um not only did i learn the most but it led to my most success that i would have in wrestling i got it was pictured, and actually, I saw you on that day, baby. I was, uh, I, I broke my ankle. We'll probably get into that later, but um, I was on crutches, and we had this huge photo shoot with uh, PWI Magazine uh, before all this happened. And I mean, we were rocking. The Chick Magnets were on fire at the time. And uh, we got a two-page spread in there. It was like, what's it, 10 questions or something? 12, 10 questions, I think. And it's a one page of us and one page of the questions. And unfortunately, when it came out, there I am, my broken ankle. I'm at like Walmart or something. I think I was getting like a WrestleMania uh, DVD or something off of Davey. And, and I'm just, I always would go to the wrestling section, always. Anytime I went anywhere with wrestling magazines, it's still, I, I like an idiot. I still try to, like, if I'm at the supermarket, I still try to walk past, knowing there's probably not going to, there's not going to be magazines there wrestling. There's barely magazines. But like a moron, I still go there. I always feel the need to look for wrestling magazines when I see a magazine. <laughs> so I, was, I just went to go look at the magazines when I was waiting for Dave to get the DVD. And I opened it up, and I almost fell off my crutches when I saw they had a two-page spread because I didn't realize we were going to be in. And here I am on the injured list, and I think uh, Mozart was on the injured list at that time. So I went way off the way off the uh, rails there with your question. But, yeah, I just think they didn't want me to 
had that same identity. And I, I think, you know, Brian Sochi is my name. I'm cool with it. It's a good name. Yeah, it's a great name. CWA. Because ECWA is like a lot of people back then, not so much now, I don't think. Well, but, you know, I'm going to say not so much now at all. But back then, ECWA was the place to be. Like, you really wanted to get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you look at all the uh, the alumni that's going over the years, there's a lot of people that went on to uh, bigger companies. Well, oh, yeah. Um, one, one of yeah co- I worked with a lot of them. A lot, I learned from a lot of them. I worked with a lot of them. Great guys, man. And, and it's cool to watch them succeed. And I mean, that was the main place everyone wanted to be. But even just being on the indies back then, man, the indies were on fire. The indies were on fire back then. It was, it was, it was wrestling was on fire, which meant the indies were on fire. It was great. Not only was it fun um, to do the shows and do the matches, but just traveling with your friends and hanging out. And, you know, it's fun as a. I like to think I'm kind of somewhat of a. It sounds crazy, but like a performance artist and. As an artist, it's nice to. It's, I do the same thing in radio. I just did a pep rally for the Eagles. Um, well, I don't know when this is going to air, but we know what just happened to the Eagles. But I don't even want to get into that. But I did a pep rally for them, and it was nice to be in front of that crowd. So I, I enjoy that as well. And I think that uh, I just think I don't know. Pro wrestling is great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. Actually, um, going back to what you were talking about with uh, Jim Kettner about like how he wanted to scale back on certain things because of the way that he was promoting the company. Was there ever a time, though, where, like, I mean, where anybody might have tried to sneak in a few things and see if anybody would pick up on it? Like, okay, these are things that maybe adults will understand, but the kids will be like, you know, they, they won't know any better. Let me tell you, man, um, the one thing working for, when I worked there, uh, I learned quickly that it was upper echelon. And it, it so I, I've been blessed enough and lucky enough to do some work for WWE as well. And, and I can say this. I look at all the indie promotions I've ever worked for, which, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of different indies out there, big ones, small ones, whatever. But I can tell you this, uh, he was the most organized and people had the most respect in that locker room. It was treated as this, it, was, it felt like you were in a WWE locker room. It was almost run. This, it was like amazing how professional it was. And I don't think that anybody would even try that. And if they did, I mean, they, they, they probably wouldn't be there. I mean, I can't remember anyone ever doing it, but I can't see it being tolerated either. And I, and I don't think it should be. You shouldn't go against what the promoter would tell you to do or not to do because then you're messing with their bank account and you're there to make them money, which often gets forgotten nowadays. And it's a wrestling business. We're there to make money, not just to go put ourselves over. Well, no, so well, I, no, not, I mean, not, not specifically that, but just at the time, like even around that time, what would be considered PG back then might be different from like what is considered PG now just because. Oh yeah. You know, dude, yeah. It's, it's completely different. So, yeah. You're right. hundred percent. I'm not saying anything against you. I'm saying that, that's how it would be and, and i think that people tend to forget sometimes which is a thing that gets on my nerves that, that you know it's, it's just trying to make money at the end of the day that's that's the point that's why you're there and you're you're there to put on a, a great product and make money i should say a compelling product sometimes i think people just they think they're there to go out there and say look at me i get to jump around to my theme song you know <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that's fun to do though to be honest with you but, but you know <laughs> I, I'm excited where indie wrestling and, and wrestling's going. I think it's going to be a big year coming up this year, and I think there's a lot of upside. And I'm hoping to. Uh, and I can't really get into to, uh, much more than saying this. I hope to be more involved in wrestling in the coming year. We'll leave it at that. I'm having. I'm talking to some people about that kind of stuff. That's awesome. So it should, should be cool. Should be cool. And other than that, I mean, just rocking and rolling, trying to keep my busy schedule with. I, I don't know if you're going to say the intro because I didn't hear the intro. <laughs> but I'm trying to keep my busy schedule. I do. I have a radio show that, it, I mean, it's it's heard in like one, two, three, like four different states. 
which is awesome. And uh, actually, almost soon to be five. There's something like announcement I'm going to be making about that at some point too. Uh, but it's very exciting right now, and I'm excited to be on with you guys because this guy, you guys have been crushing it, man. How many podcasts are you up to right now? Eighty-five, eighty-six, around there. Well, no, that's not including like a couple. I mean, we're probably over, we some... we're over like a hundred right now. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's that's consistency. That's what it's all about. And it seems like uh, on Facebook, everyone's very engaged with your topics. I always see. I actually, I see a lot of my news on <laughs> from your guys, uh, from your guys' Facebook group. So thank you for for posting because oh, it's right. awesome. It's awesome. Here, here's another one. This is something I always talk to uh, Dave, 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 Dave. You know, yeah. This is something I talk to him about. Is um, is that we'll talk about people where it's like, okay, this guy is known to have a bad reputation. And Dave will be like, I talked to him before. He's really cool. Like, have you ever yeah. had a time where you've like said, I don't really know if I, I don't know how I feel about working with this person, and then you work with him, and it's like, you know what? He was actually kind of a good guy. Um. Well, I mean, I can say in a couple different ways. Uh, <clears throat> one would be. When it comes to professional wrestling stuff, yeah, I, I can tell you. I can let me think off the top of my head. I can tell you it's not really a mean or bad thing, but you know, uh, and it wasn't me. It was uh, I think it was Spitz worked with uh, Samoa Joe one time, and you would think, especially back then, because you didn't know him, he wasn't he wasn't as big as he is now. Uh, so I mean, this was years and years ago. And this is like offense, uh, you know, so he the of Honor. You know, this, he was like I think it was for Steve Carino. Uh, oh, it was yeah, uh, PWF or yeah. something in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. It was like probably right around when Ring of Iron was starting maybe I'm not good with years but he was newer and I mean, people knew him he was well known but he knew how good his offense was and, and, and I think that he told me if I can remember correctly I don't want to quote Greg on this but I feel like he said that you know it, it wasn't bad I know I worked with Christopher Street Connection remember those guys no, I think uh, look them up about... look them up yeah. I worked with them and you know they worked at Ring of Honor and I, I mean they, they would look like they were stiff sometimes but they didn't feel anything. They were great. They, they, these guys, the damned, they, they made it look great. But there's no one. I'm trying to think of anyone else like nervous to work with. Uh, I can't now. Everyone's been pretty cool. What I can tell you is that, like, I mean, there's people I can to hear. Yeah, you know, you know, Shakira is right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Shakira's awesome. So, so my first major interview in a radio was with Shakira, and that's big. I mean, she's international, and I'm yeah. some idiotic kid. I mean, now I'm just an idiotic grown-up. I was an idiotic kid then, <laughs> and I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. And I'm thinking like, I'm hearing all this stuff from different people. That she's a diva. She's not nice. So right away, I'm like, I got. I'm like, oh man, I got to deal with this now. She came in. She was the sweetest woman in the world. She was amazing. So you know, you hear a lot of that stuff. But I've learned that you just got to look at almost how somebody treats you, especially in a business like like professional wrestling, because it's so competitive and so crazy. Somebody might be cool to me because well, I'm not a threat to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Or they might be cool with me because they know that I'm maybe higher in the pecking order in something. Or they may think it's a very, it's an interesting, it's interesting how it works. You know, who can do what for who, that kind of stuff. How was your, uh, how was your time working with the Big Show? Dave was telling me about that stuff. Oh, uh, he was awesome. Um, that whole experience was great. That was my, uh, let me think, that was my first time for WWE. Correct. Um, at SmackDown uh, in Philly. Again, I don't remember the date. But I don't remember the date either, but I remember it clearly. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was my first time there, and um, it was pretty cool because I had longer hair at the time, and and by the way, this this opportunity was afforded to me right after I started working for, you guessed it, ECWA with Jim Kettner. You know, the, it, that was the other thing. Jim would have a way of getting you in there because he was so so close with everybody at the WWE, yeah. and he was so good at what he did. That, that, that federation was so respected back then, but it, it was cool. Everyone was very nice. I had my long hair, and I'll never forget it. They came up to me, and they said... 
oh, bad news and good news, bad news. We're going to pay you. Bad news is, uh, y- you know, you're not going to be on. I'm like, what? And it's my first time there. So I'm like, no, man, I, I, you get to be on all the time. I, I want to be on. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Why can't I be on? Well, what's wrong? He's like, well, your hair's too long. They want you to cut your hair. And I'm like, all right, tell me where to cut my hair. So I went through this whole thing and, and I talked to some people and uh, I ended up cutting my hair. Like, it was a little bit snipped off. And uh, long story short, I ended up getting thrown through like a big flower pot. <laughs> and I had Big Show's handprint on my chest. But uh, it, it was, oh my God. Uh, it, he was, he was super nice, man. Cool guy. Uh, I mean, I can't say anything bad. He was awesome. He was just really, really nice. And, and I've interviewed a bunch of the wrestlers too with radio stuff. And there's no one that stands out. It's like a real jerk. I mean, there's been people that are really cool. Like John Cena was super cool. Anybody says anything bad about him, I don't have time for that because, I mean, I watched him. I watched how he uh, handled himself uh, for the company, to promote the company. I watched that no cameras were around. Nobody was around when he left my interview. Actually, do you guys remember that when he got in the car accident, it was before WrestleMania? Yeah. yeah. A couple years back. Dad was leaving my interview when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Nobody drive home when, they're, when you're done talking to me today. If you don't, don't drive. You'll I'll take fine. an Uber home. I think the only thing that the only thing that the only thing that people criticize Cena about now is his JBL hair. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw something uh, a meme somebody sent me where it said it looks like John Cena is slowly turning into Ernest P. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, I'll have to get that to Dave. You guys can post it on the on the news group there. Yeah, uh, Cena's but, at the point where he can do basically what he wants now. I, I have a yeah, question. But, no, but, what, but the thing is, I, I really want to let people know this. All the people used to rip on him because it bothered me at the time. He's leaving. He's running He's running late for his next interview. There's a little kid in the parking lot. Nobody's there. But it's a little kid and his dad. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen done. He's running late, and he takes the time. And the kid was wearing a CM Punk shirt. He takes the time to walk with <laughs> the little kid. The kid's probably four years old. So the kid's a little sheepish. No big John Cena walking up to him. He doesn't know what to do. The kid's a little nervous. So his dad wants to get a picture with Cena and the kid. And again, nobody's around. I saw this. Nobody else saw this. And the WWE rep was with me. And they're in a rush. But he took like two minutes to just talk to him and kind of joke with him about the John Cena shirt. Or excuse me, the CM Punk shirt. And the kid wasn't sure about the picture. Like he was nervous. And Cena goes, hey, can I have a picture with you? Like he asked this kid for a picture with him. Rather, you know, rather, It was just so neat. And he yeah. got down took the picture. And that kid was so happy. And that dad was so happy. And it was such a like a – I wish cameras would have caught it. But it, it was so awesome that like he was that one little kid. He took two, three extra minutes with him. It was so great. See, he- a lot of guys wouldn't have done that. You know? Like you're saying, like um, like when he's off camera, he he cares about everybody else. Nobody sees him. That yeah, he, yeah, he was super cool, man. I've, I've I've been with him a couple times. We've uh, been together, and every time, I mean, we've done we've done like uh, vignettes together and stuff. He, he's awesome. He's awesome. They're all awesome. I mean, everyone's been very cool. I mean, I've Dave. If you guys don't know, Dave could tell you. I'm not bragging, but I'm more on a wrestling show. I've interviewed. I mean, everybody from Hulk Hogan down. I've been around Burroughs San Martino, who was super cool. I've been so blessed with him, you know? Yeah. I've been at WrestleMania press boxes. I was in the press box at WrestleMania when Undertaker lost. Ooh. There's a good story. I, I know I'm kind of just yakking, but I figured you would like these fun stories. No, you're good, <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm going to, I, I have questions about that, too. Like, what, ahead, was the vi- what was the vibe like Like the minute he lost in, like, the, in the press box? Like, it had to have been, crazy. Like, it had it been like, dead quiet or something, right? It was crazy. So, so like, first of all, at the arena the whole arena was just it was such a crazy atmosphere like I'm so glad that I was there for that live because I, I just just to feel that atmosphere was so I, I can't I can't put into words I mean I'm paid for what I do as a radio guy to talk and put things into words 
I can't do it. It was it was crazy. But in the press box, I can tell you this: it was really it was it got pretty quiet. Everybody was kind of confused, and you know, people were getting up to run to the bathroom, the press box, and you're seeing other press people. I, I think I talked to uh, I think I talked to Brian Shields right after it. You know, he does a lot of press with them. Yeah. And we were both, we were both like, what, dude? We were just like, we both couldn't believe it. And then there's like a WWE guy there, a, a rep or whatever, and uh, even him, he was he was like, everybody was dumbfounded. Everyone was like confused. <laughs> it was almost as we just saw it happen. But we were waiting for somebody to come back and be like, that didn't really happen. Like, like, I, that was just messing with you. That's not really the finish. Yeah. Like, nobody that's, could believe it. Even really... the people who worked for WWE were like in utter shock. It was crazy. There were so crazy. many people that were like, that that just couldn't understand why. I mean, I mean, now we kind of know why. But like, it was just like, of all the people, you guys picked Brock Lesnar? Really? <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I think that, I think that, I understand, like you said, why they did it, and and you know what? Honestly, in the grand scheme of things, everyone was up up in up in arms and stuff at the time. Does it really mean anything looking back? It's a shame because who knows if it would have meant something. It kind of did, but we're not really talking about that. I mean, we talk about it now, but it's not like I guess it hurt more when it was fresh, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I see the Undertaker so much. I love the Undertaker. I got so much respect for the Undertaker. That's another guy. I saw him. When I worked for WWE, I saw the respect in the locker room for that man. It was incredible. It was just, it was incredible. And I, I'd love to see him go on forever. I mean, I, but he, I mean, he's kind of pushing it now. I, I, I kind of wish he would just kind of. Yeah, ride I'm off. in the same boat too. Well, I, I love Undertaker. It's just, it's sad for me to say that, but uh, you know. I think the other issue, though, as far as like the streak goes, was the fact that there was a lot. There was a couple of people that Undertaker did want to lose to, but. But I, I guess they were like, yeah, we really don't want the responsibility of uh, being the guy to beat the Undertaker streak. And Brock is basically like, I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. Well, I, here's the thing: I don't know, I don't know where that was reported who said that. Because the, the thing is, like, if anybody in the wrestling industry told me Brian, who's never, they could just call me Brian. They call me Brian. I show up. At, I would take the Undertaker streak. Okay, if they t- like, I would take that responsibility. <laughs> and if you're in the wrestling business and you wouldn't take that responsibility, you should get out. <laughs> that's what I have to say about that because that's a ticket. You're you're, you're polarizing. You're going to be hated. You're going to be loved. There's going to be a reaction. Yeah. So so that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, oh man, I'm going to go off on a tear here. So, <laughs> I already did, but I mean, that, now you take me down a whole other road about wrestling media, which is interesting to me. Where people say these things. Well, this is what it is. This is what it is. I mean, they know pieces, but do they know everything? You yeah. have to remember. They're in the business and making money too. The news sites, you know, so they—they're kind of, kind of—it's—it's—it's like anything else, you know, in the, in the real world. Fake news. There's so much fake news in wrestling now too. Even like Sports Illustrated or something, or you know, Up Rocks, in the <laughs> wrestling columnists, and like these guys don't do this for a living. They're, they're people that used to sit in the seats and they're reporting like hard news facts because they're like, hey, you like wrestling, you're gonna write about wrestling. <laughs> Come on, man. And what, what, what about the good journalists? Yeah, one of my favorite interviews was with uh, Paul Heyman when you asked for your money back. How did uh, that? How did that go down? <laughs> I told him I wanted my money back. That's how the interview went down. He gave it to me. No, so like, I, I was I was lucky enough to be. I used to be at UCW all the time growing up. Um, Paul Paul Heyman to me was like, I mean, visible man too. But Paul Heyman on, on, on a local level to me, like, because he was he could reach out and touch him. He was right there. So to me, he was a very uh, inspirational character, I guess I would say, in my career, in my career, in my, not in my career, in my life, as far as my thought process for entertainment, for wrestling, for everything, because the guy was very good at what he did, presentation, he was very good at presentation. Um, so 
I used to go to the shows all the time. I was at the last ever ECW show. I think they just put this up on Hidden Gems on the network. Somebody was telling me. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, where they throw in the chairs in the ring, those white chairs. I think yeah. Shane Carino, maybe Justin Credible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was like December 23rd. That's what I remember right before Christmas. And, uh, you know, I, the ECW arena was awesome. And I had so much fun there. And we didn't want to believe that it would be over. You've heard that story a hundred times from wrestlers, too. Yeah. We didn't want to believe it was over. We loved it so much. So we would always do club ECW to get in a little bit earlier and stuff, and it was cheaper. Yeah. So, you know, we're in high school, and we're waiting in line. And now I would never have done this. I was a young, naive child. But they were taking club ECW money, and there's a big line of money. But then now, this time, all of a sudden, they're doing cash only. Cash only. So come on. You know what they're doing, because they're going to close down. They're going to rob you of the cash. Because it wasn't like Paul Heyman doing that. Now that I've learned later, it was other people. Paul Heyman was probably already shut. He did shut the company down in his mind. These other people were just sucking off, trying to get the rest of the money up they can. Yeah. They figured, you know, they didn't give us. It wasn't very. Back in ECW, you would just walk up and give them your 80 bucks or whatever it was. I forget how much it was. And, you know, you're an 18 year old kid or a 17 year old kid. 80 bucks is always a good amount of money, but when you're, that's a lot of money when you're younger. Yeah. So they just kind of shut, closed down, took all our money, me and my friends and everyone else. And uh, I, I bumped into Heyman at, uh, I'm trying to think how it went, was the first time I met him? Yeah, at WrestleMania, I, I, I did the radio coverage there. Uh, they asked me to come in and do it, so I did it, and he was he was nice, but I just said to him, I said, man, you know, this has been bugging me for years. I always said I was going to say it to you if I ever <laughs> if I ever met you and you owe me money. And he got all mad, and he took out, he gave me like 100 bucks, he bump, 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 and he stormed off. I don't think the <laughs> WWE Bros were too happy, but I was at $100. <laughs> and I think that Heyman kind of, um, I, I don't know if he likes me. Um, I don't think he dislikes me. I think that he sees, or at least he saw, because I haven't done anything with him in a long time. But I think that he, after that, I, I did another interview with him like a year later in another WrestleMania. We kind of get a little testy with each other. Um, we weren't the nicest to each other and I wouldn't back down. And, and I, I think though, I think he likes verbally jousting with me. If you will, I think he likes to like, yeah, I think he, I think he enjoys trying to push me around to see what I'll do. And I think <laughs> when I come, I do. I think when I come back at him, uh, he almost respects it. Cause a lot of people wouldn't, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I'll, I'll tell you now, Jesse Ventura, uh, and, and Paul Hayman were the two interviews that I did in my life where, I love them. They were great interviews. They were fun to do. I enjoyed doing the interviews, but it, it, you had to almost fight for your interview. It wasn't as laid back, and it wasn't like mean fight. Well, Paul Heyman kind of was, but it was like a it was like a battle. You had to get stuff out, and they like it that way. They, 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 so it, it was. They're probably my two most intimidating, if that's what we would call it, interviews. Uh, but I think Heyman enjoyed me. I just think he was. I think I think maybe I reminded him of himself. Maybe when he was younger. Or something. I don't know. It was good. <laughs> I, I mean, that'd be, that, that's, that's what I like to think, because that would be a great compliment for me. Talk, well, talking about anything money-wise is going to be a trigger to Heyman. Like, that's that's just going to lead into an argument. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I didn't even care, because my thought was I could try to get my money back. I thought it was a funny thing to ask. And I thought, what's he, if he says no, it's going to be great for the radio. It's going to be great for the video. If he says yes, same thing. It's going to be great either way. And, and what's the worst that could happen? I get, I get the WWE brass a little mad at me. You know what I mean? They don't invite me back. That could be the absolute worst, but, I mean, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It was funny. He's going YouTube still. You can check out, by the way, my cheap plug. I haven't updated it forever because my, my radio show is just on fire. So I, I haven't had – I still do wrestling, but I don't do as much um, – I haven't had time to do as many interviews and stuff as far as wrestling because I'm doing 
all this crazy other stuff. So yeah. uh, you can still check it out, though. It's Beneath the Mat, D-O-T, comp. Spell, spell D-O-T out, but there's tons of interviews. And I was doing the, you know, the shoot interviews, the podcast interviews everyone's doing now. I was doing them before people were. So yeah. not, not, I mean, I'm sure Colt was doing his, but that's what I was doing and it was, I, I was treating wrestling with respect I wasn't going so the big Smackdown match is coming to town who are we going to body slam John Cena I was actually asking him serious questions about his life and <laughs> stuff like that so there's a lot of muck there's Hulk hooking on down you can check him out I I remember you took me to TNA oh was, I forgot about that do you remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. and um what was it um and I was like oh there's um there's um Brian James right there and you got Brian James to do a um Thing for Beneath the Mat. I forgot about that, yeah. I did that. I talked to Terry Taylor that day. Terry yeah. Taylor was really cool. That was at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia. It was before one of their shows or something. It was a big, I think they were doing a big show here in Philly a few years ago. Um, I think Jay Lethal was there. Uh, yep, Jay Lethal. Daniel, Chris, Daniel, uh, Chris Daniels was there. You know, Zabra Woods? Yeah, I remember that was fun. Zabra Woods was there too. Yes, I'm, oh, yeah, that's right. He was. He was. I forgot yeah. about that. Xavier Woods, I believe, also wrestled in ECWA uh, with Kettner. That was uh, Constant. No, uh, my gosh, what's his name? ECWA was. Uh, it was. Yeah, it wasn't Creed. It might have been, no, been Consequence Creed, Creed there too. I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that was fun, Dave. I remember that it was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I was gonna bring up beneath the mat, and you brought that up not that long ago. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's got, like I said, it's a bunch of my uh, my good work with wrestling and interviews. And uh, if you name a wrestler, he's probably been on there. I've had, uh, I'm trying to think, like, Hogan was cool. That was that was a nice grab. That was on the phone. Uh, and I got, I don't know if we have, any, we have any of our prank calls up there. I can start putting them up. I have some funny wrestling prank calls. Oh, gosh, but, I would love to see that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the problem is you gotta wait a little while. Like you can't put it up right after you do it. You gotta wait a couple of years so nobody gets mad at you. Statue yeah. limitations kind of thing. <laughs> so you gotta wait. You ever but, have, uh, you ever have an interview with a wrestler where um because I mean you'll 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 find this online every once in a while where the uh, wrestler tries to maintain character. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, Damien, I didn't mind. It, I'll tell you why. Damien Sandow when oh, he was Sandow on fire was. at the time when he was how over he was becoming. Yeah. Um. It was it was awesome because I was kind of aware he would do it in character, and quite frankly, I mean, I don't mind it because his character was so intriguing and he was so good at doing it in character. Uh, the first time I interviewed him, he did it in character, and I was kind of, I don't know if they told me that it was going to be, and I didn't mind it at all because you know I can shift and I can like ask questions and I can still make it as long as it's entertaining. And he was being entertaining in that interview; it was really good. It ended up being fun. I enjoyed it. And the second time I interviewed him. Um, I don't think he remained in character, which I was kind of bummed about because the first time was awesome. I was talking about how, oh, you're probably sitting. I was, I was like being his mean gene. I was building him up. I'm like, are you sitting in your den right now with your pipe or using your library and your super expensive robe? And he's like, yeah, my robe's from wherever and it's worth $2,000. It's got special cotton on it. So it, it was fun because I was like feeding him. Um, I, I was I was playing along, so it was fun. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, one time I... I actually interviewed um, at, uh, well, Raven, but Johnny Polo. I was a big fan of Johnny Polo when I was younger. Uh, Raven was cool too, but I, I liked Johnny Polo when I was a kid. A kid. So <laughs> I was excited. It was a good grab for me to interview him. It was like at the Comic Con or something, and he didn't really – this is not him now. This was years ago, so he probably had other stuff going on. But he, he was kind of hard to interview, so it never got published, and he, just, he was really not being the most cooperative. Yeah. 
but but I mean, you know, he had other stuff going on. But I was excited to meet him because I was a big Johnny Polo guy. I, I and, did. I met, and I only met Mario Gennetti once too. I said I'm a big Mario Gennetti guy. I no twice. I met him twice, and it was it was like the angels were singing when I met him. <laughs> Mario Gennetti on Facebook is hilarious. I know. Like some, of the, hand. some of the he's, stuff they post on there, it's like this is really not appropriate. Like <laughs> we, we, some of the stuff they post on there, I'm like, is he really posting this? He really does not care what people think. <laughs> nah, he didn't care, man. He's a great wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, that's all I know. Gennetti was my man. Come on, how could you not have been pumped up when Michaels was checking his hair in that mirror that Sherry was holding up? And then he shows up in the Guns N' Roses shirt with the cowboy boots and starts, oh, boom, 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 There's a, brrr. oh, that was awesome. If you've never <laughs> seen it, uh, watch it. It was awesome. It was awesome. He could, I mean, he, he could have done better than Michaels if he would have kept his act together. That's what, yeah, I, that's that's what part, everybody that's was part. saying. I don't think so. he was really slated to, Michaels was the star out of that team. And, and I think if he kept his act together, he could have kept the job. I mean, they've hired him a hundred times. But, you know, I think, you know, Marty's just a guy who is going to be Marty. Is everyone says Marty's Marty. Yeah. And I just, I, I you know. He was so talented, though. I mean, he still is. He's got a great mind, I'm sure. He just likes to enjoy himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, more power to him. Just be careful, Marty. We love you. I remember you told me a story when you were in... I'm not sure if this is the first time or the second time, the time you went into WWE to do, like, a skit or something. And you sat down to eat, and you got up because you forgot your <laughs> fork, and somebody sat in right near you. You want to tell that story? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell that story. I uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and again, I never would have told this stuff years back, but now it's like so long ago. It's statute of limitations. Uh, <laughs> it's nothing bad. I just I don't I don't always believe in sharing behind the scenes stuff because that's kind of where the magic's created. But this was kind of cool. So first of all, the catering's phenomenal there. Uh, it, it just it's great. <laughs> it's great the food I don't know how these guys stay in shape it's good from, from the from the selection of food you have to the desserts are insane the desserts are insane I don't know how these guys are all 500 pound Yokozuna looking dudes um, but they're not I don't know how they do it so there's these big round tables everyone's sitting at different tables and all you know catering people are coming in and out and out all day long and it's kind of like the, it's kind of the hangout spot too like if you have nothing going on you have catering if you want to like be social you know there was like a a monitor there where guys could watch their matches and stuff from like nights before or whatever. And me and my tag partner, Mike Tobin sat down at a table and then uh, we got up to get our silverware. And when we came back, we noticed that triple H was at our table and it was just us and him. And he could have picked any table to sit at, but he sat down with us. And, you know, I'm like, wow, how about this? So we basically just had dinner or lunch, whatever everyone called with Triple H. It was, it was so funny because you can see, like, the other people there, the other people that were there at hired as extras or getting tryouts, giving you, like, the side eye, like, looking at you like, oh, you, you boys with him, you know, because, you know, there's jealousy. So, but it was cool. We didn't even talk about, we talked about, like, Howard Stern. We talked about, he asked me about my radio career. We were talking all about that. He just said, make sure you guys get your stuff on and get, go go get in the ring and roll around so we can see what you guys have. And yeah. He was just, he was he was super cool. Uh, and, and, you know, this is the thing. Everyone thinks Triple H is super cool now because NXT, NXT. Basically, they just made him the, the modern-day Paul Hammond. You know, ECW is Paul Hammond. Same kind of idea. He's like the, they've, they've, they've built him to this character, like, oh, Mr. NXT, to get him over because he's taken over the company, you know. But this is before they built him into that character. This is when people were bashing him a little more. People still do. 
but we're bashing him a little more and we're always oh, with the ball his daughter that you heard a lot more of that yeah. but I can say this to you he was super and I understand why you hear a lot of that but he was super cool he seemed like he cared he asked questions again we talked about Van Halen we talked about Stern we talked to I remember him telling me that uh the Howard Stern episode where uh, I think they did it at WWF New York or WWE New York wherever it was um and I think it was like a, it was a boxing match. It might have been Cabby for Stutter and John or something like that. But I remember Austin was there. He said Stern was upset because Austin showed up all drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Just little things like that. But other than that, we just talked about life, and he was just cool, man. Really nice guy. We talked a little bit about wrestling, but you know, mostly it was like, get your stuff on. You guys are awesome. You know, he was really, really asking me a lot about my radio show, which was cool. Yeah. And, uh, it was almost like it was almost like you know what I felt like. You would sit down with somebody that you like. Let's say you're a big wrestling fan. We'd love to sit with Triple H and, and pick his brain about wrestling, right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, but it was almost like I kind of had that opportunity, but I didn't really because he was picking my brain about radio. So it was like I don't know. Maybe it was cool to him because it's something different than what he knows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he was nice. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. And JBL interrupted the conversation while we were there too. That was kind of fun. <laughs> JBL, uh, they got up and like it was cool because like he introduced us kind of JBL, like like not like we were his boys, but we felt like yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're with him, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But he was nice, man. I liked him, and I, I worked with Stephanie too. Stephanie was Stephanie was super cool when I worked with her. Super cool. That is awesome. Yeah, she was. She that was right after Vince. Uh, the time I worked with Stephanie was right after Vince tore his, uh, the Royal Rumble where he tore his legs out. Oh. There, the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, Vince wasn't there. The, the first time Vince wasn't there. Um, Have you met Vince? Then, yeah, I worked with him. Dude, it was awesome. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh, dude. So the first time I met him was, I was, um, was it the MCI? Well, it was Verizon Center, MCI Center. Yeah. So I did a thing for WWE. It was a pay-per-view. Um, uh, it was the one where there was like an Inferno match, I think, and like Kennedy versus The Undertaker. It's the one where Joey Mercury got his eye busted open real oh, bad. Oh, yeah. Match. So whatever that one was. Was it Unforgiven or something? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it was, it, it was one of those pay-per-views. Yeah, so we were, we were coming in there. It was the, um, it was the Nassau – no, not Nassau Coliseum. Richmond, sorry, Richmond. It was in Richmond. Uh, and we were supposed to do something there, but they didn't end up – using us for that but you know, it's cool because you still get paid and you still get looked at and stuff uh, and I swear Layla L was flirting with me I still think that to this day but that's just what I think <laughs> well, uh, that was, that was a, um, I think that was so a Armageddon I, that's random I forgot yeah. about Layla Armageddon uh, 06 Armageddon that's good Armageddon that's what it was and they didn't use this but you know we, you know, you get in the ring before the show you try out you, you do all that stuff well we left the hotel that night after we were finished that show we were driving back to Washington, D.C., uh, MCI Center, uh, or Verizon, whatever it's called. I don't know. I think it's Verizon now. And it was the Raw with uh, with K-Fed on it. That was that was the one when K-Fed came out. On yeah. Because he was cool, too, man. He was super quiet. He ate his pizza. He gave me some Gatorade. He was really nice. <laughs> he and his boys had, like, their own dressing room. And they was well, we were in, like, a closet. He had his own dressing room. We kind of, like, talked. He was really nice. He was super cool. Um, K-Fed. <laughs> but, yeah, K-Fed. So, like, when I first got to the arena, we realized, um, I think Rob, I think Rob, Robbie E, Rob Echoes, I think he was with us, too. Okay. Because when we got there, we Rob was coming out of the hotel, we're all leaving the hotel, and I guess somebody, I, I guess Rob was trying to put his bags in the trunk, and then someone's like, I'll do it. 
I don't know what happened, but somehow a bag and something else got left. It got like it, it got forgotten at the hotel. Uh, and one of the things that got forgotten had my all my gear and stuff in it. So I was like, oh man, it sucks. And I had to get it FedEx to my house. And I, I was trying to find a way to get it to Washington. So I, you know, in case they wanted to use me, I had my gear. Um, and I couldn't, and I, you're not really, I don't know how it is today, but back then you weren't really supposed to be on your phone. Yeah. Um, because they don't want you leaking stuff out. So I was like hiding under these bleachers at the MCI center on my phone, trying to call it the hotel and stuff. Oh, and sorry. I walk out and it's just me all by myself. I'm off the phone. I'm just all by myself. Here comes Vince McMahon. First time I ever met him. He's walking towards me, like in the back corner of the building. And he's got his trench, like a long, like, like dressy trench coat on and stuff. And it was just such a neat moment. It was me and him, like, for a second. He's like, I said, I just kind of put my hand out. I said, How you doing? He's like, Oh, how you doing? You, you work, you here, you here to work, uh, you here to work with us tonight or something? He said something like that. And he kind of, I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working an extra night. And he kind of like, he kind of stopped, shook my hand, and like, kind of went, Oh, well, we're getting a lot of fun tonight. You know, like the baby face fans. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun tonight. And, and I'm like, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm, you know, you stay calm. Yeah, yeah, we're on the inside. Like, yes, we are, it's sir. just like fireworks. Can you please put on your? I want you to put on your blue powder blue suit jacket for me, and so I can shake your hand on that, please, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I also was in his dress. I was in his office too, and uh, he doesn't know about that though. That was another time. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I can't. I, I thought I'd a picture of it. That was at WrestleMania. I snuck back because uh, I was coming in to do some press, and I ended up in the in the locker room, and I saw his office. So I went in. He had all his blazers hanging up and stuff in there. I was also in the in the room, the seamstress room, uh, where they were creating the um, different outfits. And I forget what outfit it was, but I think I took a picture and sent it to my friend. Um, I didn't send him right away because I'm cool with that. Like I won't I won't try to blow surprises, but I wanted to prove that I knew. Was somebody was getting an outfit made, and they were changing their look a little bit. That was kind of neat to see. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then I, I worked, Vince produced my segment um, when I was on Raw, and he was, he, I'll tell you this, he had his hands in everything. Um, I don't know how it is now, but he had his hands in everything. I mean, to the point where, like, he was walking us, you know, all right, now you're going to walk up here. And he goes, I want you to do this. And, you know, he was he was cool, man. Really nice guy. And the thing that cracked me up the most was we did a segment with Crime Time. Yes. And Crime Time, you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you know, their <laughs> song. And it has a little beat to it. And when we ran through like what we how how we were gonna block the cameras out, Vince is kind of standing ringside, and he's like dancing, kind of kind of shifting to the to the crime time beat with his with his little with his glasses like that, his nose. <laughs> it's good times, man. He was oh, super cool though. He was super cool. How was that um George Bush um, segment with Crime Time? Uh, I was lucky. I was lucky because uh, the cameraman, I kind of knew who I was. So I don't know if he did it on purpose, but at the end, if you look at it, he's we're all lined up, and he's kind of he zooms in on me. So I was like, all right, nice. Um, the one thing was, uh, they gave us, they, they they basically told us what we were doing. And they gave us these earpieces and stuff. We went out there, and I kept saying to myself, like, all right, there's other guys out here. And the funny part is, it was me and Tobin out there standing together, and I remember I didn't. When you do, again, I don't know how it is now, but I would never, if I get called to do something, it's my business, I'm going to do it, you'll see me on TV, I don't, you don't really tell a lot of people, yeah. uh, at least that's how, that's how we used to handle it, I can't speak for everybody, but I, that's my way of handling it, and you know, people see when they see you, and you know, it'll be cool, so I used to watch Raw <laughs> with a group of guys sometimes, a lot of times actually, and I think I told them that I wasn't coming or something, I, I was sick or something I told him and then 
the next night they're all watching Raw together, and here I come walking down the ramp on Raw. They thought I was sick. They thought I was at home sick, <laughs> <laughs> and I showed up live on Raw. And then I got a text from my friend because I had cut my sideburns shorter. And he, oh, this text was nice sideburns, you loser. <laughs> <laughs> that's how guys are. That, that's how guys give each other compliments. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But it was cool. Uh, it, it was it was really neat to walk down the ramp on Raw. That was a cool moment, um, and it was just it was just a neat moment. It was it's very the Verizon Center is a lot bigger than you realize. I mean, to be in, in the center of the ring on Raw, a show that I've watched my whole life growing up. You know, it was, it was surreal. It was really really cool, man. It was it was a really really cool moment, and I'm very proud that I was able to do that, and I'm, I'm proud that I was able to work with them and. Even it, it was funny at SmackDown with the thing with Big Show. The one thing I'll tell you about that is <clears throat> that was the first time in my hometown, like Philly. That's the reason I well that in the spectrum I grew up watching wrestling. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. I apologize. All right. But um, it was funny because I worked at a mall for many years. I worked at a mall trying, trying to make Rumble. money before getting to radio and stuff. Yeah, shout out Grant Run Mall. It's not there anymore. <laughs> and I worked there for many years. And when I when I took the bump, when Big Show threw me, I'm laying there and I'm in my glory. I'm like, that was awesome. This is going to look great on TV. I, you know, I'm excited. I've always wanted to work for WWE. It's my first time. And I remember somebody, here I am in like all my glory. And I hear somebody go, that's the guy from the mall. Oh, my going, God. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like George. <laughs> oh, my God. Right, right. Um, you know, every time somebody sees George, George's like, you're the guy but at the movie was, theater. Yeah, man. That, that, that kind of reminded me of something about, and, and I told Dave about this, or DB about this. I said, the first time I saw um, Billy Bax at ECWA, I remember I remember working with him because of when he was up at Funscape. I didn't realize it. I knew that he was a wrestling fan. I didn't know that he was in wrestling. And um, I just remember the first time I saw him when he was, like, walking through the curtain area. I look over, and I shout at him. I'm like, I, I shout, Funscape! And he starts looking around, and he just walks to the back so fast, like, oh, my God, somebody actually, like, remembers where I'm from. So. <laughs> uh, for me, it was more like, I see what you're saying. It's hilarious. No one backs there. You're lucky backs and turn on smack you in the face. Back <laughs> keep his heel, you brother. <laughs> Give you a shot. But, no, it, it's funny because uh, I, I, I just, I thought it was more like, I kind of laughed at myself. But, like, my biggest moment or one of the biggest moments up to that point in my life of working for WWE and being appearing on their TV show. And that's the, and I get reminded, like throw it back down to reality real quick. The best part was that, you know, it, it was just a, it was a, it was a cool night, man. It was just, and I had to get up and go do radio. It like it was best. I did radio in the morning that morning. I had to be up at like four, three thirty four 4 AM to get to work on time. Then I went right to the building for WWE. That's awesome. And I left the building late from WWE and I went right back to work at like 4 AM or three thirty was. I was a zombie dude. Crazy. So I was going, I was going through something earlier today, and I was like, I saw that you're on IMDb. Am I? Yeah, and cool. it says wrestling with disasters documentary, and they said producer. It. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened to it. All I know is these guys uh, were coming in. They're all gung ho to do a wrestling documentary. They're nice guys. I enjoyed them. Um, Tony, I think. Yeah, I don't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he was a good dude. I like Tony. Uh, it'll come to me later. I can't think of it now. And a, a kid, a guy, Corey Castle, who he does podcasting now. And he does uh, he does wrestling too. He wrestled. I yes. think he still does wrestle. Um, and they were involved. With, like 
I don't I don't understand what happened. I know they came to my old radio station. They interviewed me for it. And then they started helping more. And I started helping them. They got a ton of interviews, man. They get interviews with guys like, you probably find it on YouTube. They're probably up there with like uh, Kevin Sullivan. I mean, it wasn't just nobodies. They, they had like, I think they had well, Shockmaster Tugboat. They had, uh, it's, but, but it was like, it was interesting. It wasn't like, I don't know. It was a neat project that we were raising money for. And I said, you know what? These guys are trying to do something. I'd love to help with it. And they're like, you could be, uh, they give me some title. Which I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what happened. I tried to help. And then I think the one guy ended up moving or something and doing some other film stuff. But they have all this. I'm sure they still have all the great. I can't remember who they, they interviewed. They interviewed some like bigger names that I'm remembering. And I think it would have been really good. I don't know. I think they interviewed Demolition. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened with it, man. It kind of just fell off, and I, I don't know. <laughs> Too be determined, I guess. I, I remember listening to one of your interviews, uh, and you talked about um, I, who was it? Was it Wade Barrett? And you were talking about something like a wrestler in the, in a box. Oh, um, that was great. No, I talked to a couple. I think I, I know I talked to God. It was a long time ago. Let me think. It was. Um, I know. I, I think I brought up to Justin Gabriel. I think. I think I brought up to Wade Barrett. I believe. Yes. Uh, Seamus, maybe. Daniel Bryan. I think I brought up to Cesaro too. But Daniel Bryan definitely. There's a, some guy that did a gimmick in Japan. Um, um, Ken in a box. I think Ken in a box. Yes. Look it up. Ken in the box or Ken in a box. It's basically a wrestler just in a cardboard box, and he's like in a box, and he's just like a robot almost. And I forget how I found out about this. I think I was talking to somebody. About Ken in the Box. Ken, oh no, Ken the Box. This is Ken the Box. I was talking to some other wrestler about it. it. Might have been Gabriel, and whose father was a wrestler. You know, named the Pink Panther. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, of course you did, Davey. I, I, I talked to Justin Gable before. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm saying you, you're like the wrestling savant, you know. <laughs> but but I, I thought he, he that was a fun. He was a good interview. He was fun. But I think he brought up Ken the Box, and then I talked to him about it, and he mentioned someone else said it or something. So anyway, he, another wrestler said it. But I traced all the way back to Daniel Bryan. I think that was the guy that brought it in. And yes. um, I, I, I did a, a video. I was interviewing him. And I had somebody dress as Ken the Box during the interview. It's in the studio. And Ken the Box basically comes in and attacks Daniel Bryan. And it's great because Daniel Bryan like sells it, like hits him back. He kind of <laughs> sells some of the shots. And it's when he was tag team with Kane. And it's funny because Daniel Bryan goes, he goes, Oh no! He, he almost said Glenn. He goes, "Oh no, Glenn Kane, save me!" <laughs> like Dana like, uh, Bryan's probably the nicest. He's, he's, I mean, they're all super cool. But Dana Bryan, you know, ECWA roots, Brian Danielson, and uh, you can thank Ketner for him as well. It was a great tournament because without that, that's the thing that brought him to the East Coast. Uh, you know, Ketner's got a lot of good, um, a, a lot of quality talent. He's he's turned out. That's why it was a pleasure to work for him. With, uh, with Daniel Bryan, what do you think of his current character being the uh, social justice warrior? <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it's, it's something different. It's something different. Um, it's just that, like, every time he's done any kind of heel character, he's always put, like, a different spin on it, and it's always been, like, just, he's just really good on that aspect. No, I agree. I, I enjoy him as a heel. Uh, I enjoy Daniel Bryan in general. I think he's a, he's a great person to watch. He's a great dude. He's, I mean, I... I don't want to say I'm friends with him, but we're cool. I, I mean, he, I'm in his book. <laughs> that was pretty cool, Dave. Did you know that? No, I didn't. You, oh, you know, you do or you didn't know I'm in his book. No, I didn't know you were in the book. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I'm in his book. I'm the best, he's a bestseller, I think, too, so there you go. Yeah, he's cool, man. So, like, 
I used to watch him for Kettner all the time for Super 8s and stuff. Yeah. And Spanky. Well, I like to wrestle Spanky. That was fun. That was cool. I learned a lot in that match. But Daniel Bryan was fun to watch. And, or Bryan Danielson back then. But so oh, the WrestleMania, again, I can't remember dates, but it was in Phoenix. Um, and there was a Ring of Honor show there. And this guy, Kurt, that I'm friends with, and my buddy Jason, the ace, we were there. Dave knows him, too. We were driving mm-hmm. somewhere, and we see this guy with a backpack walking down the street. He's got his hat down, pull real, pull real low. My buddy Kurt goes, that's that's Danielson. I said, no, it's not. He goes, yeah, it is, man. I, I kind of like, it might be. So he slows down. He's all by himself walking with a backpack and his hat pulled down. I go, yo, Daniel Bryan. He doesn't look. He keeps walking. Daniel Bryan, I know you can hear me. He keeps looking. I'm like, Bryan Danielson, ECWA, man. I like stop ignoring me. So he kind of looked at me. I said that caught him off guard. And then he ended up. We didn't know. I don't think I'd interviewed him at the time. I don't think I had before this. Maybe once. And he piped. We said, Yo, man, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm going to catch a bus. We're like, You're going to the Ring of Honor show, aren't you? Like, nah, nah. I'm like, Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And I didn't really know him at this time. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. So he gets in the car with us. We gave him a ride to the Ring of Honor show. And uh, he wasn't—he was in WWE. He wasn't supposed to be there. And it was funny because uh, he got out of the car. And Kurt, I, I always liked uh, Danielson, Brian Daniel, whatever. He was Brian Dan. Excuse me, he was Daniel Bryan. That's what we called Daniel Bryan. I always liked Daniel Bryan. And my friend Kurt loved him. And I mean, loved him. Was a huge fan. Huge. And it was super cool. I mean, he's a nice guy. We get out, and we're in the parking lot, and Kirk goes, can I have a picture? He goes, listen, not supposed to be here. I'll give you a picture. How cool was this? Give you a picture. Please don't say where, you, where you're at. You know, don't put it up online. You know, I thought it was really nice of him. Yeah. Friend Jason takes the picture for Kurt. Dana Bryan runs away, goes in the back or whatever, and hangs out. And uh, we're kind of just there, and then we go look at the picture. Jason didn't hit the, the, he, it was so sunny. He thought that he hit the picture button, take oh. the picture. Oh. There's there no picture, dude. There's no picture. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh. Then, yeah. But then the best is I got Daniel Bryan. I was at a, a press thing years later, or like two years later, or a year later. And I got Daniel Bryan to go, you look at the camera and he goes, it's on YouTube. He goes, Hey Kurt, thanks for the ride. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote that about, so, so he came into the radio station. Like every time I talked to him after that, I would remind him who I was. And he would always go, oh, yeah. And you're like, you're the man. And then it's like the second time, I think, or third time I told him. And we're walking down the hall. We just finished this interview. I had done two two interview spots on that day. We finished the second one. And I'm like, dude, you don't remember me, do you? He's like, dude, I, I, you know, I meet a lot of people. I'm like, I know. I knew you wouldn't. I said, but this is getting really old. I said, how can you not remember me? I said, I am the guy who drove you to R- Ring of Honor, you know. And he's just looking. And I go, dude, he's, oh, I totally remember you. I'm like, so why do I have to keep reminding you? Remember me from now on. <laughs> and it was funny because like, that must have been when he was writing his book. Because in his book, he puts in parentheses. He's talking about the story about going to see Ring of Honor. Uh, during WrestleMania weekend, yes, and he put he put something like I forget what it said. Something like uh, I got a ride to the show from a couple of fans, and I, it was when I was working in Philly, and a current Philadelphia DJ that I still do interviews with to this day. <laughs> it's my name, but that's what he was talking about me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, he was he's a, he's a heck of a guy, and I wish him nothing but the best. No matter what he does, just a really nice guy. He's so talented, loves wrestling. He wanted to be an English teacher. That was his, that was one of his other. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, but he's he's just a really really good person, just a solid dude, and I, and I got a lot of respect for him. And then yeah. what he's done, I mean, he's incredible, incredible. 
out of everybody that you've wrestled in your lifetime, who was your favorite and for them to help you teach you about the ins and outs of wrestling? Who was your favorite out of them all? Oh, that's hard, man. Um, and I'm probably going to, when I hang up the phone, I'm probably going to say I forgot one or something. I'll have to change this. But, I mean, on different levels, it's hard because at different parts of your career, as you're learning to wrestle, you try and learn your craft, you're learning different things from different people. Like, for instance, uh, the back the backseat boys. Remember the backseat boys? Yes. Trying to ask Johnny Cashmere. Trent's no longer with us. Johnny's still around, but, you know, we lost Trent. But they were on fire too, man. And, and the well-hung warriors got to work them a couple different times. And I, I, I just, I've, I worked Trent too. And, and you would learn, because Trent was so good, you would learn from being in there. Even if you weren't ready to be in there with him, you would learn. Spanky, uh, him and this guy, Chris Kruger. Um, okay. We wrestled them. I, Chris Kruger, you know who Chris Kruger is? No, I don't. Name rings a bell. Chris Kruger was on the Andes, did some stuff for Kettner. I believe Chris Kruger was the guy that, uh, do you remember when Brian Pillman pulled the redheaded guy out of the audience in ECW? Yeah, yeah. That was Chris Kruger. Okay. Um, but I don't know whatever happened to him. He, he, was, he was fun to work with. He was a big wrestling fan. I enjoyed him. He was teamed with Spanky. I think they were friends. And uh, that was cool because, I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot working Spanky in that match. And, and he was he was a pleasure to work with. What a nice guy. And Kruger was cool, too. That was a lot of fun. So I learned a lot in that match. Then as you get older, you learn other stuff, too. Like there's different styles matches. We had, we had these other crazy matches and they, they were crazy it was like fans were the weapons matches they were fun but I'm glad I don't have to do them anymore I learned I don't like how it feels when I get hit with Nintendo in the face whatever <laughs> I get hit with yeah. uh, I, you know so there's that kind of stuff then you learn from guys you learn from watching guys I'm always learning man uh, ECWA I learned the most as a whole just how to how to a lot of independent wrestling back then especially was guys with like wearing jeans and like a t-shirt they didn't look like wrestlers yeah you know i learned how to look like a wrestler and i never did the jeans and t-shirt thing but i did do a t-shirt for a while and i had like you know different kinds of tights and stuff but you kind of looked the part you got to look like a wrestler and ecw was the upper ecwa excuse me was the upper echelon and i learned a lot there how to behave like a professional i mean like a true professional wrestler uh east door like i learned a lot from him there i learned a lot from i mean just just watching everybody uh, the guys had been around for a long time and they would always teach you, and, and, and you know, you just, you just learn a lot, man. These guys, the Logan brothers, they're excellent. Uh, I don't know why they have never been signed by TNA or WWE or anywhere, and it's a shame because a lot of these guys, if they were younger and it was where it is now, but there's so many places to work, they'd all be working, man. Uh, the Logan yeah. brothers were incredible. Chase Del Monte, one of the best baby faces I've ever been in the ring with. Um, I mean, yeah, the list goes on. We did cage matches with the heavyweights, they were called. That was cool. Kate, the Logans was our big feud when I was the chick magnet. And if yeah. you've never seen the Logans work, uh, they're up in um, Chaotic, which okay. used to be like almost like a feeder system for WWE. A lot of people came from there. Did you That's ever do anything with the Haas Moore brothers? Beard Hansen. What's that? Did you ever do anything with the Haas brothers? So the Haas brothers did work in uh, ECWA um, before I was there. I'd seen them work there, but uh, then um, Russ passed away and uh, – I never worked with Russ. I worked with Charlie on a couple of shows, uh, and he was he was nice. He was a nice guy. He was, you know, Jim did help develop them as well. The Haas brothers, uh, Jim Kettner is is really. I mean, that's why I was honored. He put us. They did this wrestling Hall of Fame thing in Delaware, and he as a surprise because Jim doesn't show up on wrestling shows a lot anymore, and he's doesn't really he's not really involved with it. But he was. Uh, you ask guys that know in wrestling, he, he really 
is respected and he ran a great fed for a number of years and he showed up to induct us in the hall of fame uh for this wrestling thing we did and it was a surprise right coast it was pro. awesome yeah it was awesome it was right coast pro yeah i was, was there awesome. for that one and it was a great night and he he uh really put us over huge and i mean come from jim that means a lot because he had such a successful run i mean the super eight tournament do you remember how big that was wow yeah like basically the super eight tournament if you think about it was basically Ring of Honor before Ring of Honor because what would happen is he started booking the Super 8 tournaments and then all of a sudden Ring of Honor pops up and every year whoever was the cream of the crop in the Super 8 tournaments Ring of Honor would start using to make it a top guy yeah. he was basically feeding Ring of Honor all their top guys to help get them started not on purpose just how it went it was kind of cool because when I went to the Red Coast Pro and you had your last match was one of your friends and you wrestled him was um, Billy Bax He's a sworn enemy, Dave. I can't stand him. I'd slap him across the face if he's here right now. <laughs> if, if I had more of a voice, I'd cut more of a promo, but my voice is going on me. Uh, yeah, I don't want to lose your voice because I bet you have to be doing the radio tomorrow. I get tomorrow. I get, dude, I'm doing 25 hours of radio this week. Think Woo! about that. Yeah. More than that. More than that by the time I do everything else. So, yeah, I got to keep my voice, my voice good. But I'll say this. I did get the Russell backs. Uh, I, I, I started with Bax. I love Bax. He's very talented. Bax is extremely talented. Yes, he was. Um, and he, the finish ended up being. We we didn't want to win on the way out, but they, they demanded. They, it was it was because like they really took care of us. They said, "No, you guys are going to go over." So we're like, oh, "We don't want to." And they're like, "Okay, well, you are." So all right, cool. <laughs> and uh, we did this kind of like a swanton thing where they throw me on the Bax, and unfortunately. I don't think I've ever heard Bax. Bax and I have worked so many, we've wrestled so many times, and I don't think I've ever even beaten Bax. He always beat me for years. We'd always wrestle, always beat me. And uh, it was funny because my last match that I got to go over on Bax, but when I did it, unfortunately, my my uh, elbow came down a little to the side, I guess, because both guys threw me, Mozart and Tobin. I'm not saying it was their fault, just how I landed. And unfortunately, my elbow smashed Bax right in the mouth. <laughs> Poor Bax. And he did complain one bit. Poor Bax. Yeah. I mean, it's still the chick magnets are still in, in that area. Um, I'm not saying around the world, but I'm saying in that area are still pretty, pretty over. I was doing a, a Eagles pep rally for my job uh, on the radio, and we broadcast live from this bar. We drew hundreds and hundreds of people, and there's a good amount of people coming up to me saying, "Are you gonna wrestle again? Are you gonna wrestle again?" I'm like, uh, "We'll see." What does Vince Man say? Uh, anything can happen. <laughs> Do you miss it? Um. You know, it's not the same wrestling. Uh, I hate to be like this because I still love wrestling, but it's not the same. The independents aren't the same as when I was doing them. Um, and I'm not considering like Ring of Honor and Indie. I don't. I mean, they are, but I don't consider them. And I'm talking about like local Indies aren't the same as they were when I was doing it. There's a lot more people in the wrestling business now that I don't know if they should be in there. Um, I don't know if they're in there for the correct reasons. And I don't know how trained they are. You know, I don't want to get hurt. But, and if there's... I mean, I, I miss the camaraderie. I miss the going to the shows. I miss entertaining. I do, but I can get the entertaining aspect in radio, and I can do events for that where we draw a thousand people or more, and I can get them excited and not have to take a body slam. Although sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes I'll, I'll still take bumps, man. Like for radio, if if, uh, if the situation warrants it. Like I had somebody tackle me through a studio door one day. Uh, CJ Viviani did that. I I try to find ways to work my love of professional wrestling in. Like for instance, if somebody wins on my show, uh, I'll play like Glorious. I'll play that. Yeah. I don't say it's a wrestling thing, but if you know, like I get text message, oh, it's Bobby Roode. 
you know, I, I, if I can, like, I was giving away NASCAR tickets, so I do little stupid things, like five people are going to get it. I used to buy the Spark Plug Holly's old team, <laughs> you know, like, I, like dumb stuff like that. Anytime I can work wrestling into my show, I always do. And what? If, if it means, like, one time I was going to give away WWE tickets, and this guy, the Swiper, who's this masked character that may or may not be me, but, you know, uh, <laughs> And he always tries to take the tickets from the fan, the fans, and we don't give them out. And he always gets his his plans foiled. And my traffic guy, Robin Bryson, threw me through a bunch of chairs, or I mean, the swiper threw a bunch of chairs. <laughs> and uh, so, I, like I said, I do. I try to take bumps and stuff. I can once in a while. Like an idiot, I try to hurt myself. But, you know, it's fun. <laughs> I did see one that they were gonna cut your hair, or was it the beard? And they oh, had the weed whackers. Yeah, we did the beard. That was fun. Then, then the, the weed whacker one that chased me with an axe. I think a weed whacker. <laughs> uh, so we try. We try to keep it up. Uh, my show is very. My show's not a typical radio show nowadays. Radio's very. Uh, not to get too deep into it. Radio's it's it's not what it used to be for the most part. It's very um, a lot of pre-recorded shows. Uh, a lot of shows that you might think are live and local in your market, but they're recorded out in New York. They don't even know you exist. So basically. What someone said to me is when I left uh, my old job, and I, this is me. Some it's a wrestling reference. They said it was like Chris Jericho leaving WCW uh, to go to WWE because I had the potential, and they wouldn't let me get over at my old job. So we've seen at the new job. It's been uh, almost three years now. This new place. And I was doing okay at the old job, but I was capable of so much more. Yeah. And the ratings have been through the roof. I'm in highest rated. Uh, very proud to say. But I don't do radio like a normal person. I just act like a fool. I, I let people in behind the scenes. Like if I mess up, I call myself on it. Uh, <laughs> I'll prank call celebrities sometimes. That's fun. Um, you know, I give out my personal phone number on the air. Oh, yes, uh, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, all that good stuff. So, I mean, it's just I, I try to do things a little differently. And, and you know, I really value I, – I approach radio like I approach wrestling. It, it's You're there to entertain people. And give them something to be happy about and escape their lives. Like, I don't talk about politics. I joke around. I bust people's chops on the phones. You know, there's all kinds of stuff we do. We have, like, <laughs> we do a public service announcement for a, uh, to quit smoking. So I taped this guy who didn't know he smokes a lot at our station. It's a horrible smoker's cough. Sounds like he's going to die. So I, I, <laughs> I taped him and I put it on the air. One of your um, things you did to the person, you're like, this is question two or whatever. Phone number two. What number are you? And they're like four. And you're like, uh, what, the, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that one in a while. I have to bring that back. <laughs> I would, I would, I would ask them. I would tell them. Nobody pays attention. I would say, hi, you're on line two. What line are you on? If line three, they don't listen. <laughs> so if they just listen, they'll win the contest. Yeah. Ugh. But that's all radio stuff. There's, there's a lot of cool. I mean, I've had very, you know, a lot of uh, great interactions with celebrities in radio. I've had. I've been very lucky in my lifetime to have a lot of hard work, but done a lot of cool stuff from television to radio to wrestling. I'm really, I love it, man. I love, it. I love it. I love it since I was a kid, and it's. Hey, I it's, support you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very interesting where wrestling is going in the next year. A lot more money to be made, a lot more places for people to work, and I hope to be a part of that and help change the industry for the better. And I mean, that's what I'm trying to do with radio too. I'm trying to be like the NWO walking into radio and take it over, you know, and it's starting to work. So it's good. Uh, so, something that you were mentioning though, about like, I mean, going back to when you said that the independents are different or, or even like the newer companies that are coming out. So what's your opinion on AEW? I think it's great. Um, I think that 
anything that provides uh, more places for the boys to work and make money and, and hone their craft and show off what they can do, I think it's great. I think it, um, it it's going to provide more jobs. I think that I'm not I'm not one of these people who's going to say, oh, WWE's got competition. They don't. They, they really don't right now. Um, th- here's the thing what people need to understand. It's And some people do. I'm not saying I'm the only one does, but this is how I look at it. It's a company now that's going to do good things, and they're doing good things. They're, they're, made, they're fun to watch. It's fun to watch to see where it's going to go. And if they can compete one day, cool. But I don't think they even need to because the business has changed so much that they can carve out their own little niche. And they can make good money on them. They can have their pro wrestling tees deals. They can have their own deals. They can fly first class. They can, you know, they can help change things. Even if they're just around for a little while, if WWE doesn't want them to sign somebody, they're gonna. It's gonna create contract wars. So it's gonna be interesting to watch behind the scenes. Uh, and you know, I'm for anything that's gonna make the wrestling industry better or change it. And this is something that's going to change it. I think for a while anyway, for the better. I mean, the other thing is you have now you have Ring of Honor, you have um, All Elite. You have New Japan. You have Billy Corgan with NWA. And I mean, if Billy Corgan could somehow use his clout to get in with all these feds and just send his NWA champion around, that can only help him. I mean, everything in wrestling is cyclical. And you can see how what's happening now is not Vince, like in the 80s, how he took over the territories. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's similar in other words where these group of guys are getting together and they're saying, all right, they're not capitalizing on this, this, and this. I think I, when I interviewed Cody Rhodes years ago, years ago, which I was flattered because his wife contacted me and he, he remembered what a great interview it was because at the time, nobody was doing like, I was asking questions like, how long do you have to put your order in before WrestleMania to get these cool tights made? Stuff like that. <laughs> and I think he was, he was kind of like, they were thought-provoking like questions. So he appreciated it. And I remember him saying, I believe he said anyway, something about the vocal... The vocal uh, minority of fans are starting to become the vocal majority majority of fans, and that stuck with me. And I think maybe that must have stuck with Cody. I'm not saying that what he said during the interview, but that thought process must have stuck with Cody because he's getting the vocal minority, which he's trying to turn to the vocal majority. And <clears throat> all power to him, you know. I think Vince McMahon would tell. I do. No matter what anybody says, I think Vince McMahon would say to him, "Hey, man." If, if you're going to compete with me, let's go. I think Vince would love it, and I think he would welcome it, but I don't think it's a competition right now. I think it's just, um, it's going to be interesting. WWE's got so much money now to shut things down. They could just give somebody $2 million to sit and do nothing, you know? Well, it was funny that when, when whenever people talk about, like, how they're, how they're doing business-wise, and I mean, this is just coming from a fan's perspective, of course, is the fact that, like, everybody's, like, they're, you know... Their shows like what's going on with but it's it's the fact that like even with the Fox deal, I mean they have so much money right now that it's kind of crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'll tell you another problem um, about wrestling and the perception of it. Um, the fact that phones, people's phones. Okay, so you, you watch wrestling now and you don't get the same. You notice, go watch Stone Cold. Watch a Stone Cold pop from back in the day when it comes out. Right, it's insane. But is it fair to even even compare the two? Because nowadays I've noticed it. People are on their phones, so they you know they sing along with the theme song. They might get a little pop, and then match quality doesn't even matter anymore because half the time, as soon as after their catchphrase is done, they start locking up. People are right back in their phones just to say, "Look where I'm at. I'm at WWE. You know, to post on my Instagram, my Twitter, and here's this." And then you don't even see the match. 
half the time. You know, people are too busy tweeting and stuff. I've seen it. People don't have their phones out. So that, that bothers me too because you could be the – I mean, if work rate's going up right now, it looks like, with all the New Japan stuff and all. But does it even matter anymore? Because people just – as long as you have a cool look, entrance, and you can kind of wrestle, people are staring at their phones during your match half the time. I've seen it. It's crazy. And then that's why you're not getting the same reactions. I really believe that. Sometimes you're like, that match was flat even though it was good. Everybody just I wants think, to know what Meltzer's going to rate it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's, that's, and, and look, I don't hate Dave Meltzer. I won't say I do. Uh, I respect Dave. He's a historian. He's dedicated his life to the industry. But also, I'm not, I'm not ripping him because I like him. But I think yeah. that people have to remember, though, that Dave is also in the business of getting wrestling and MMA fans money. Yeah. So, He's probably the most one of the most reliable ones, I would say, maybe. But he's also in the business of getting their money, and the way he gets his his sources are probably some other wrestlers telling things. And everybody's got an agenda in the wrestling business, so he the wrestler could honestly believe he's telling Meltzer the truth. But that's the truth is the wrestler believes in his mind, so it might not be the truth because he might be slanted because some guy's over more than him, and he's tried. You know what I mean? There's so many things that go into it. Mm-hmm. But that's why I like to just sit back and consume wrestling and just say, okay. Dave Meltzer says this, okay. Uh, Davy Richards says this, okay. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Conrad Thompson says this, or, or Bruce Pritchard says this, and I kind of like just make my own assertions. You know what I mean? From what I know, I can't listen to any one guy, so I should have dropped Wade Keller's name, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do Mitchell. like him. I do like him. What did you say? I said I do like Wade Keller. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, he's, he's all right. Again, he's dedicated his life to it, so I, you know, it's good for him. He's mm. making money, so it's good stuff, man. But you guys are awesome, man. Was it, was this? Did I do good? Oh, you did great. <laughs> I thought you were awesome, man. Do you, do you, I, I talk a lot. I'm sorry, I get excited because I don't get to talk wrestling like this with people as much as I'd like to. So I get really, really excited when I can. So I'm sorry if I was like a machine gun there the whole time. Oh no, that no, was no great. So we, we've we've had plenty of episodes where we just kind of like go off on just basic basically anything. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I've heard you guys do it, so I didn't think it would be a problem, but I got excited. I actually uh, <clears throat> was kind of tired, so I drank a big cup of coffee, so I'm all charged up now, and I'm not going to sleep because you guys, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow when I go on the air, I'm going to be like, uh... <sighs> anyway. anyway. Do you have any other any other questions before we pour it here, now that we all, all become such good friends? Um, okay, Um. I was at House of Hardcore. What do you think yeah. of fans recording um, like things like um, Big Kaz had a seizure and they recorded that and they put dude, it on the internet dude not fans let, let's take it out of wrestling for a minute and, and fans recording how about the world I mean like look it's so interesting to me how people get beat up somebody's getting killed somebody's having a seizure and the first thing people are doing is recording it like that's that's what I mean about your phones that's the world we live in now where oh, I'm gonna scoop this person like is that, that's some kind of like a prestigious badge of, of honor that you have the woman fans doing a seizure in, you know put it on your Facebook page get a life that's, and look I'm a nice guy but there comes a point where like get a life dude I mean that's that's that guy at one of his lowest points you think he wants that over social media why do that to him? Well, it it, uh, it kind of goes I mean, back. It kind of goes back to like there was this. I mean, there was a couple of memes that you would find online where it's like you would, you would have a kid who's got his head inside of a animal's mouth, and it's like, do I rescue my child or do I take a picture to put it on my Facebook? I know, I know, it's it's insane. It's just it's it's gotten insane, and I you know I don't I don't get it, but you know I just feel like I'm a guy that look like I said in my life I've been very blessed and I've been 
able to do a lot of really cool things. All those things I've worked really hard to do, but I've been in some really cool situations. And I, I say it all the time. I'm in the business where I'm supposed to be putting stuff up on social media, like me and celebrities and stuff. And I feel like it's, I, I, I say it all the time. I, I almost have to force myself to do that because I feel like it's, it's like lame. Like I'm living my life. It's cool. But I don't want. I don't want to appear braggy because I'm not. People don't think about like this stupid age challenge thing or what's going on right now. I mean, I mean, like, look, it's just like that's totally. Uh, I, I get it's fun, but it's like a it's a vain thing. It's just I don't need to do that to make myself happy because you know they're picking like the two best pictures no matter what they say. They're filtering the new. You know, so they're like, they're it's, it's, all, it's, dude, look, it's just like wrestling, bro. Everything's a work, right? Yes. <laughs> Everything's a work in life. Facebook's a big word. It is, man. It's a lot of money, though. That guy's doing pretty well, so what can yeah, I say? That's true. I was one of the first members. I was on Facebook when it was only uh, like college students at the time were allowed on it. Yeah, b- before things like Farmville took over. Farmville, <laughs> Mafia Wars, or whatever it used to be. Oh, gosh. But yeah, I enjoy your guys' group. I think it's awesome. And if I can ever come back on again, I'd love to. And, and Dave, what else? You got any more questions, anybody? I'm, I'll field it before I go. Um,. I would like to have you come and watch a pay per view with us again. He wants yeah, that would be fun. He wants to do a roundtable episode. Yeah, we should do a roundtable. Yeah, but I'll probably just end up being miserable in the roundtable if they watch the WWE pay per view. No, it's uh, before the pay per view. Because I try to remain positive, but I can't. I can't handle the commentary. It's hard for me. I can't handle the, the announcers. <laughs> it's just that kind of stuff. That, that, I, I look at all that stuff. I also, you know, what I hate as much as I love wrestling. It bothered me. It was on Raw, I think. I don't remember who was even involved. But there was a segment, I think, in the beginning of Raw. Maybe it was AJ. Okay. I don't remember who it was. Um, they were like, there was like a brawl right at the beginning of Raw. My Raw was SmackDown. I don't remember. But it was fairly recently. Okay. And I hate when there's a brawl when they're trying to create chaos. They shake the camera all around. They shake the camera. Like, oh, stop God. the camera shake, dude. Just stop it. You know what? Else, you know what else I hate about wrestling? When, like, there's heels and faces and they come out and they all clap for somebody. I'm like, aren't you fighting each other? Yeah, that drives me nuts, too. But, I mean, there's little things like that. We can nitpick all day. But that's kind of the reason why we love wrestling. Because, oh, yeah. we, because we love it, but we hate it, but we love it, but we don't like it, but it's awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, that's, that's love wrestling. great. Oh, you don't ask Dave. He loves wrestling. I love wrestling. <laughs> I do too, man. I know all about I know what Dave's love for wrestling. Trust me, man. Mm. You guys are awesome. So, listen... I know everybody's listening, so can I have like three seconds of time? I just want to tell people if they can follow me on Twitter, I'm at the T H E Brian B R I A N Socia S O S C I A. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Socia Network S O S C I A Network. If you don't know how to spell that, I don't want you to follow me. And then I'm also Socia Network on Facebook as well. Again, if you don't know how to spell that, you don't have to follow me. But I, you know, I, I try to keep it entertaining, and you know, I think that if you do follow me, you'll see the things that I do do as far as videos and goofy stuff has little touches of pro wrestling or, or things that you may recognize. If I don't mention them, I, I throw little Easter eggs in for pro wrestling fans. So I hope you'll enjoy that. And you guys, you guys have been so cool, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Man, and if you're in the me. area, you can go to wstw.com or listen to me on two to seven on ninety three seven WSTW. That's Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and uh, Delaware. Thank you. Good time. I might not have a voice tomorrow now. And I'll be like, boss, you're going to fire me because I did the podcast. Yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> now I don't have a voice. <laughs> no, then, then Dave's going to be like, oh, don't worry. Uh, he, he can uh, he can substitute. 
<laughs> uh, well, again, man, if I can ever if I can ever stop back on again, I had a really good time. Anytime, uh, brother. Sharing stories with you guys. Anytime. Um, I probably I probably have a lot. See, when I start talking wrestling, I probably have a lot more stories that I haven't even told you. So I'll have to think of some more. Yeah, please do. We can figure <laughs> stuff out. Suitable for air, at least. The only other story <laughs> that we had to talk about was Gangrel falling asleep in the car. Oh, we never told you that. Oh, um, Dave Keener told us a story about Gangrel falling asleep in the car, and that was it. And then, and then here, and then we have Dave over here going, anything else, Dave, or anything else, Keener? He was like, no, that's it. Oh, oh that's interesting. <laughs> I saw Gangrel uh, when I was a kid. It was my first ever wrestling show at Chichester High School in Pennsylvania. It was called uh, it was TWA. It was the predecessor to ECW. Okay. Gangrel was one of the Blackhearts. And uh, he was with Tom Nash. I think I think Tom Nash was with him at that time. Luna was there. I saw Bam Bam Bigelow there. Tony the Hitman Stetson, who was the first ever wrestling autograph I got. If you know him, he had a big feud with Johnny Hotbot. He was in the original ECW. <laughs> Tony Hitman Stetson, I got my first ever autograph from him as a kid. And it's funny because years later, the Well Hung Warriors, we retired him. I think he ended up coming back since then, but we retired him. We were the ones that put him out. Yeah, so He did, he did come back for a charity thing I went to. Uh, um, it sucks. Well, I was going to do the charity thing, but I, I put him out. I like having that honor, putting the dirt bag Tony Stetson out on the ground. <laughs> no, Tony's cool. And then, I mean, everybody was there. It was, it was the main event with Crush, Demolition Crush versus yes. Jack Haynes. Glenn Osborne was there. Who else was there? Uh, uh, they, had, they had, oh, the Sandman was there. He was Mr. Sandman. He wore like a, um, he, wore, he like had like body glitter on himself. And I think he wore like, um, I think he's, I don't think he's wore like pants and like body glitter. And there's a yeah, there's buddy. I met Buddy uh, Buddy Rogers there, oh. right before he died. Buddy Rogers was there okay. too. They were gonna promote Buddy Lindell versus Buddy Rogers. So I got to meet Buddy Rogers and get his autograph. It was so cool. It's really neat. Uh, I don't know why I got talking about that, but <laughs> oh, because Gangrel was there as as yeah. the Blackhearts. But it was it was from a kid that watches WWF all the time, going to a TWA show where they're smashing each other with like folding chairs, full blast, they're blading and stuff. It, it was it blew my mind to be that close to the action, see them just because you know back then WWF was like sanit well it's sanitized now, but it was more like a. you know if they hit somebody with a chair, they're really gonna tap them with like this big those big red spectrum chairs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Big cushion on them. Not not a TWA. They were smashing over people's heads. So good times, but that's my gangrel story. I probably have more. <laughs> I, I bet you do. We we can do this in all the time too. We we'll yeah. figure out a good date sure. and we can talk about other stories. We've been talking for a while. Yes, it's been great. I enjoyed it, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, you know, just I hope you guys have a great night. How did we do? How did you do? You yeah, guys I mean, I probably I probably over talked you guys the whole time because I was so excited. Uh, I apologize. Um, I really do. I, I'm sorry. I got really excited talking wrestling. Oh, that's okay. But, um, but no, I think it, I think it turned out pretty good. I mean, if you guys edit something out, I don't care. Do whatever you need to do with it. Um, but I think I think it's I think it sounds great, and I think you guys are fun to talk to about wrestling. Like if you guys, it'd be fun one time. I don't know when because it's busy with my schedule, but. Somewhere down the line, we'll have to figure out the time where we come on and do like a, not even modern, not even much, just your take on this. Like you, we're just talking about like your take on, you know, uh, whatever the WrestleMania main event's going to be. That'd be fun where you guys go like a round table, like you said. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We'll see. You guys are all cool. Where are you, where are you guys all from? We all met each other. Uh, Amazon. We all met from we Amazon. We all worked at the same job at one point and we just met each other through there. You're all in Delaware then. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I saw oh, Dave nice. wearing a I saw Dave wearing a Seth Rollins shirt around the time where uh 
Seth Rollins' dick pic pictures came out. So I, so I asked him, I said, oh, so what do you think they're going to do with Rollins? He's like, you like wrestling? I like wrestling. And it just kind of went from there. So. That's literally yeah, the same way I met we, we know our own. And then you're, like, it's funny because if you find out somebody's a wrestling fan, and or, I mean, this isn't, this isn't for the episode, right? We're all done with all that, right? Uh, is it still being taped? It's still recorded, so but we can okay, still. Well, I'll keep. I'll keep telling you. It's fine. Oh no no no! Uh, oh hold on a second. No, we can wrap this part up. And okay. We can... Well, tell. Do you want to wrap it up? I'll shut up then. No no go go <laughs> ahead. Nah, Dave, Dave, go ahead. Come on. Whatever. <laughs> no, what I was gonna say was, um, it's cool because when you meet somebody, no matter who they are, if they be a celebrity or whatever, and you find out that they're a wrestling fan, boom! Instantly, it could be just another person. You have this, this instant connection where you're like friends. It's crazy. Yeah, I talked. I talked talk to Snoop Dogg about wrestling one time. Like, so if you know the wrestling fan, it's just nuts. It's just it's so cool, man. It's it, it's awesome. But anyway, that's all I was gonna say. We're gonna we're gonna end it now, but we can <laughs> talk right. for a minute. I thought we ended it five minutes ago. <laughs> I so yeah, too. Right. Since, since I'm still on here, I'm gonna say at right. Brian Socia. Look yeah. it up on Twitter. Give me a follow, and I'm gonna thank these guys again for having me on. It really meant a lot to me, guys. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tell Gina I said hello. Nope.